welcome to the weekly podcast of Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. Reverend Odette Lockwood-Stewart, pastor of Epworth United Methodist Church, spoke on Sunday, August 15, 2010. Her sermon was titled, Parables of Persistence. Prayer is a cry for justice. The lectionary reading is Luke chapter 11, verses 5 through 13, and chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. I want you to know I'm training for the MS Waves to Wine bike ride. 26 people or thereabouts are riding, and I want you to know I intend to be back with the sag wagon. Because my idea of training and working out with a bicycle doesn't amount to a lot. (laughs) So I just want you to know that I tried to do five miles, and then we did 10 miles and 12 miles. But to do even the 40 miles I'm doing, let alone the 150 miles that others are doing, it requires a little bit more training. Just a bit. So I want to tell you about someone who inspires, challenges, and convicts me. Zachary Bonner. I don't know if you know who he is, but he attempts to walk 20 miles every single day on the 2,500-mile journey that he began in December of last year, walking from his home in Florida to California. And it's expected that he's going to complete his journey on September 14th in Los Angeles. He's walking, and along the way, he's worn out many pairs of shoes. He's walking to raise funds to transform the lives of homeless children in this country. Along the way, he's also gathered with homeless children, and he's raised about $120,000 for food and education and shelter and programs to transform lives. He's even taken them in groups to amusement parks because he wants not only to deal with their basic human needs, but also their kid needs, as he says. Zachary Bonner is 12 years old. This is the third and longest trek he has taken for the Little Red Wagon Foundation, a foundation he started when he was six years old. His mother, Lori, in an article about her son, says she's been hoping for years that he would grow out of his charitable phase. (laughs) Zachary is the insistent friend who comes to us in the middle of the night, in the middle of our workday, in the middle of our favorite TV show, in the middle of our music, even our prayers, knocking on locked doors at an inconvenient hour, asking for food for others. We may not want to be bothered We may not know him or the children he walks for, but because of his insistent compassion, we might get up and give. When the disciples asked Jesus to teach them to pray, he told them a parable about knocking on a friend's door at midnight to ask for food for an unexpected guest. Do you all have friends who would either knock at your door or upon whose door you might knock? Jesus said the food will be given, but not because of the friendship, 
but because of the bold, insistent, persistent action of the one asking. Then he says, ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. Parables are real-life experiences cast in a new light, light that exposes and illumines and instigates. If we have ears to hear the parables of Jesus and of our lives, we will ponder and question and wrestle and doubt. Our minds will be teased into active thought, as the biblical scholar C.H. Dodd said, in 1935, rather than lulled into sleepy complacency. Parables provoke and evoke response rather than define, categorize. They convict and convert rather than convince as argument. They create tension rather than tranquility. Neither certitude nor cynicism opens hearts, minds, and doors. Compassion, carried for thousands of miles on 12-year-old feet, does. When the disciples asked Jesus when and where God's realm was going to come, Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray and not to lose heart. I knew and loved a woman who refused to be turned away. She was an aging widow who stood in lines for hungry children, her eyes burning with tears, her face burning with shame. For years, she had worked on the assembly line to support her kids. For years, her husband had driven a truck until his company went under and his heart failed. A widow her savings spent on doctor bills, pension whittled away by decisions she couldn't understand or control. Finally, nothing was left. The man at the desk directed her to another line. She kept asking him for help. He asked her questions that she didn't understand, and he interrupted her every time she tried to answer them. He told her to stand in that line. Something snapped inside her, and she started talking loud. She would tell her story even if he didn't want to listen or didn't have time. She would tell him how hard they had worked. She already talked and told this story to many people. She had already stood in many lines. She wanted him to help her. She cried, help me, please help me. Great, he thought, perfect start to another day. Didn't she realize there wasn't anything he could do? She was eventually escorted away. But every morning she came back and stood in front of his desk, asking him for help, asking him for help, until someone would escort her away. But she came back again and again. And finally, his supervisor expedited her paperwork. Let's just get her out of here, he said. Now, Jesus told the parable a different way. 
A woman came before a judge to plead for justice and vindication. Again and again she came before him, crying for vindication. Now the judge might have feared the precedent that would be set by helping this woman, or the complicating implications of making such a decision. But scripture tells us this, for a while the judge refused, but afterward thought, though I neither fear God nor respect anyone, yet because this widow bothers me, I will vindicate her, or she will wear me out by her continual coming. Actually, the text is richer than that. I think it's like, she will beat me black and blue with her cries for vindication. She will slap my face with her call for justice. Prayer is a cry for justice, for vindication, for help. Prayer is an audacious act of compassion, the kind of hope that is living in a nevertheless life. Jesus said, ask, seek, knock. Jesus said not to lose heart, not to give up. For when we pray, God's realm is here and now. I suspect that some of you in this community have confronted City Hall. Amen? metaphorically or literally, whether over something as weighty as an unjust law or as seemingly simple as a building permit, or perhaps you've even tried in vain to get help or even a human voice on an automatic voicemail system. If you have, you have learned through experience the lesson of persistence. If you give up, it's guaranteed you'll never make it. In fact, like the widow and Jesus' tale, sometimes it seems like you have to just wear them down. Let them know you aren't going away until something is done. You're going to keep pushing that zero button on that voicemail system until you get a human being on the other end. Judge Vaughn Walker's ruling on the unconstitutionality of Proposition 8 and the possibility of resumption as early as this Wednesday of legal marriages for gay and lesbian couples in the state of California provides a bright moment in the continuing struggle for full and equal rights for LGBTQ persons. And once again, there is testimony of the power of persistence that is required of all of us. A frequent experience we have is that prayers are, feel unheard or at least unanswered. Jesus knew that people sometimes move or leap or dive into a life of faith or a life of prayer only to turn away in despair when mountains do not move, clouds do not part, storms don't end, Pain and loss are not averted. A hoped-for miracle does not appear. And so Jesus gives us a different picture of prayer, a picture that isn't related to receiving our wishes, our list, 
our ex urgent expectations. Prayer is waking up. It's waking others up. It's crying for justice. It's being bothered into justice. It's walking against hunger, standing for equality, asking, seeking, knocking, and walking right into heaven, past locked doors. Historian and activist Vincent Harding said, living in faith is knowing that even though our little work, our little seed, our little brick may not make the whole thing, the whole thing exists in the mind of God. And that whether or not we are there to see it, to see the whole thing, is not the most important matter. The most important thing is whether we have entered the process. Just moments ago, our choir sang Bamba Leila, which means never give up. May it be so as we pray our lives and live our prayers. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you for listening to the weekly podcast of Upper United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. Worship services are Sunday at 10 a.m. at 1953 Hopkins Street in Berkeley. Child care is provided during worship. Visit our website at www.epworthberkeley.org. Uh-huh.